This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I'm your host, Larry Lease, and on today's episode, we're diving into the latest headlines from around the Dallas Cowboys. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a sports fan looking to get tickets to your next sporting event, whether it's the Dallas Cowboys, the Mavericks, the Stars, or the Texas Rangers, you're going to want to check out Game Time today. Use the link in the description to help support the channel. Now on to today's first topic. Three Cowboys players that could be a one-and-done in 2023. The 2022 regular season is winding down, and the Cowboys have very little to play for after they booked a playoff ticket two weeks ago. While the Cowboys are very much in the Super Bowl conversation, it's never too early to keep an eye on the offseason. It is Dallas we're talking about. Jerry Jones has preached roster continuity and developing drafted homegrown talent. But odds are, the Cowboys roster and coaching staff will undergo significant turnover come March. Much like 2022, the Cowboys have multiple established free agents looking for new deals, including Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, Donovan Wilson, and others such as CeeDee Lamb, eyeing a lucrative contract amid impactful seasons. Let's put the free agency talk on ice for now. Instead, we're going to pick out some Cowboy players who could be one and done in Arlington. Starting with number three, James Washington. It wasn't long ago that Cowboy fans were excited about Washington could offer to the offense. Signed amid daily complaints from fans to bolster the wide receiver room, Washington suffered a broken foot in training camp and didn't return to the active roster until week 14. He played 11 offensive snaps in the game before logging a lowly four snaps versus the Jaguars and not even seeing the field in the comeback win versus Philly. Washington's been a solid depth receiver throughout his career, averaging 14.3 yards per reception and 11 touchdowns in four years with the Steelers before inking a one-year deal with his home state Cowboys. Unfortunately, Washington's foot injury cost him a chance to establish chemistry with Dak Prescott. He likely would have started the year as number three or four on the depth chart, and now the duo has barely any reps together with the playoffs on the horizon. With just two targets and zero catches on the season, it's tough to envision Washington returning to the Cowboys in 2023. Next up, number two, number two, Jalen Tolbert. The Cowboys front office has an excellent track record in the NFL draft. Go look at the returns from the most recent showcases since they netted a handful of instant contributors, including Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, De'Ron Bland, and Damone Clark. The one outlier is Jalen Tolbert. Round three has been a goldmine for receivers, 
over the years, but it appear, appears the Cowboys whiffed on the former South Alabama standout. Whether it's a matter of not picking up on the offense or Tolbert experiencing a longer-than-expected rookie learning curve, he hasn't come close to meeting post-draft expectations. Through Week 17, Tolbert's managed just two catches for 12 yards. He hasn't eclipsed 25 offensive snaps in any game and has been a healthy scratch for four weeks running. In the rare instant Tolbert's been given an opportunity, it's often ended in a disaster, like when he lined up offsides in overtime versus Green Bay. It's unlikely the Cowboys outright cut Tolbert in March, but it wouldn't, or shouldn't, surprise anyone if he doesn't make the 53-man roster. Whether T.Y. Hilton sticks around, Dallas signs a free agent to assume the wide receiver role, or uses another mid-round pick on a prospect, Tolbert faces long odds to be a Cowboy come week one of 2023, amid a lost rookie campaign. Number one, Dante Fowler. A year after former Falcons Keanu Neal and Demonte Kazi followed Dan Quinn to Dallas, Fowler followed his former teammate's lead. While Fowler hasn't been a world beater playing opposite Demarcus Lawrence, he's been a serviceable addition to the defensive line. In 15 games, the former number three overall pick tallied five sacks, seven QB hits, seven tackles for loss, and 31 pressures. That's really all you could ask for a guy who's been more bust than boom in his career. Signed as a one-year rental after Randy Gregory's contract fell apart, Fowler feels like a long shot to re-up his contract with the Cowboys. At the end of the day, former fourth-rounder Dorrance Armstrong has been more consistent and productive than Fowler. After signing a two-year deal as a free agent following a career year, I should say, in 2021, Armstrong's burst onto the scene to the tune of eight sacks, 14 quarterback hits, seven tackles for loss, and 37 pressures. With Armstrong, Lawrence, and Parsons under contract for 2022, plus Sam Williams expected to take on a bigger role as a sophomore, and Dan Quinn likely leaving for a head coaching gig, don't be shocked if Fowler is one and done in Dallas. Let us know in the comments section below who do you think is one and done this year. And now on to the next topic. Four New Year resolutions for the Cowboys in 2023. The Dallas Cowboys improved to 12-4 on the season with their win in Tennessee on Thursday night. They marked another up-and-down performance from McCarthy's group, which hasn't put together a complete 60-minute performance since their Week 11 beatdown of the Vikings in Minnesota. While the Cowboys have assembled strong halves and dominant quarters, convincing displays have been few and far between the last two months. That's just a testament to how difficult it is to win in the NFL, and Dallas should be or should by no means apologize for winning ugly since the calendar hit late November. At the same time, though, the Cowboys can't continue on their current trajectory in the playoffs. While winning ugly isn't impossible in January, the margin for error decreases tenfold, and errors have plagued this team all season long. With that in mind, these are some realistic New Year resolutions for the Cowboys that will be manifesting until their first playoff game. Number four. Get impact players healthy for the playoffs. The injury gods are merciless, but the Cowboys can control their own fate on the injury front by arresting key players for the playoffs. Tony Pollard springs to mind after he missed week 17 with a thigh injury. While the running game missed Pollard's explosiveness, 
Dallas needs him for wildcard weekend and potentially beyond. Given how sluggish Ezekiel Elliott looked against the Titans, go ahead and give him the week two. Same goes for Leighton Vanderish and Tyler B, who was unlikely to play anyway, and Jonathan Hankins. And if the Eagles win on Sunday to clinch the division, by all means, sit Prescott, who grabbed at his knee and came up hobbled after a sack versus the Titans. Demarcus Lawrence and Jaron Kearse has been regulars on the injury report the last several weeks, and Micah Parsons sported a club cast over his hand on Thursday night. Picking up what we're putting down? They might be the D's three most important players. Sit them against Washington as well. The Cowboys have the talent to make a deep playoff run, but they won't make any noise in the tournament if some of these players are dinged up going to round one. In this case, we side with rest in the rest versus rust debate. Number two, or number three, I should say. More consistency from non-CD Lamb receivers. Anyone else starting to trust Hilton more than any other non-CD Lamb Cowboy receivers? With all due respect to Michael Gallup, who's come up with the occasional touchdown and highlight reel catch, he's really struggling getting separation following his ACL surgery. It's duly noted Gallup tore his ACL in January, but Prescott needs him to be a more reliable outlet going into the playoffs. Thursday's win marked Gallup's fifth straight game with fewer than 50 receiving yards. He has three touchdowns during that stretch, but just one in the last four games. And in four of those fixtures, he's managed less than 40 receiving yards. Whether it's Gallup, Hilton, or Noah Brown, the Cowboys need someone to take the pressure off CeeDee Lamb, who's caught 28 of 32 targets for over 300 yards and two touchdowns in the last three games. Dax passer rating when targeting CD during that stretch, 132.6. Those numbers are mind-boggling, and it's great to see Lamb become a true number one before our very eyes, but Dallas will be hard-pressed to march through the postseason if the Pro Bowler doesn't get more help. All signs point to that coming in the form of T.Y. Hilton, who built on his clutch debut with four catches for 50 yards against the Titans. Three of those grabs move the chains, and two move the chains on third down. Same goes for the defense. Nation Wright has to become reliable in coverage. Assuming that Kelvin Joseph cornerback experiment is over, he might be in the special teams doghouse too. After two penalties on Thursday night, Wright might be Dallas's last hope to develop a reliable third cornerback before the playoffs. Wright has made notable strides for a guy who didn't start playing defensive snaps until week 15. Having said that, Wright took a notable step back Thursday after his commendable performance versus Philly. While Wright hauled in his first career interception and made some nice tackles defending the run, he had a brutal night in coverage. PPF, according to PPF, Wright allowed 7 catches on 10 targets for 105 yards, including 15 yards per catch, 28 at 28 yards after the catch, and a long reception of 39 yards. Trayvon Diggs is a stud and headed to his second Pro Bowl. When he doesn't gamble on double moves, he's a lockdown corner. Dayron Bland was targeted just three times against Tennessee, which could be an indicator that quarterbacks are fearful of throwing his direction, given he has five interceptions as a rookie. The Cowboys, for the most part, know what they're getting in Diggs and Bland every week. The sheer unknown about the third CB position it's the biggest question surrounding the defense. It could end up being the team's downfall when all is said and done. But not if Wright rises to the occasion. 
And finally, you gotta cut down on turnovers. This isn't a Dak Prescott problem. This is a Cowboys problem. While Prescott made uncharacteristically reckless throws since returning from injury and needs to take better care of the football, only half of his interceptions have been his fault. As much he needs to clean it up, so do his receivers. Whether it be drop passes leading to turnovers, Prescott threading an unnecessary needle instead of throwing the ball away, or hitting his check down, or a rare fumble, Dallas cannot sustain its current turnover rate in the playoffs. Turnovers just aren't conducive to winning in January. It's that simple. It affords the team an extra possession, flips the momentum, and can turn a game on its head depending on where the turnover takes place. Over the last three years, teams that lose the turnover battle in the playoffs are 5-16. and 16. Remember Prescott's interception deep in Dallas territory against the Texans? The Cowboys will be hard-pressed to, to overcome a turnover of that magnitude in the playoffs. Same goes for the first pick against Jacksonville. Furthermore, it negates having an opportunistic defense that generated the most takeaways in the NFL. 32. Conversely, though, Dallas's 21 turnovers are tied for fourth most in the NFL. The Bills are the only other playoff team with more at 24. You feel a lot better about their chances to make a run than the Cowboys. If even just two of these New Year resolutions come to fruition, they should still be playing football in late January. And now, on to our next topic. A few weeks ago, the Cowboys versus Commanders regular season finale had all the makings of being flexed in primetime. With Dallas on a beeline for the playoffs and Washington turned its season around after a 1-4 start, this matchup has the potential to carry massive playoff stakes. With kickoff just days away, the game's lost a ton of its luster. After boasting over 70% odds to make the playoffs three weeks ago, Washington has completely collapsed. You'll remember the Commanders jumping out to a 10-0 lead against the Giants a month ago. They blew that lead, tied, and then lost three in a row, culminating in a three-interception performance from Carson Wentz in a must-win game Sunday against the six-win Browns. The Commanders have since been eliminated from following the Packers throttling of Minnesota, so they technically have nothing to play for in Week 18. That's a plus for the Cowboys, but it also leaves them unsure of whom Washington will play at quarterback. Will Wentz get one final send-off? Taylor Henneke back under center? It's anyone's guess, but the early betting odds reflect the direction of both the teams the Cowboys are widely expected to win on the road. The Cowboys are minus 4.5 point road favorites, according to FanDuel. Expect that line to change quickly once Washington makes a decision on its starting quarterback. In the meantime, Dallas and the Commanders both have minus 110 odds to cover. On the money line, the Cowboys are minus 200 to win outright, while Washington is plus 168. The over-under for Sunday is at 41.5 points. Pretty low for a Cowboys game, but Washington hasn't scored more than 20 points in six weeks. The over has minus 115 odds, while the under is minus 105 odds. At full strength, Washington represents a tough matchup for Dallas. Their bruising rushing attack, led by Brian Robinson, could cause headaches for the defense, as could their receiving trio of Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. But the Cowboys handled this same team with Cooper Rush in Week 4. 
Add Prescott's career 9-1 record against Washington to the mix, and Dallas should absolutely win this game. They need to win to keep their NFC East and number one seed hopes alive, and the Commanders have nothing to play for, and could be without key defenders Jonathan Allen and Benjamin St. Justy. Regardless of who's under center for Washington, we like the Cowboys to complete another season sweep of their division rivals. So our prediction, Cowboys 27, the Commanders 17. Before we move on to our next topic, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, and leave a comment in the comment section below. How far do you think the Cowboys will make it in the playoffs? Let us know. And now, breaking down the Cowboys' three potential playoff scenarios for week 18. The Dallas Cowboys already clinched a playoff berth. But their win in Tennessee, coupled with a few favorable results from the Sunday slate, means they still have everything to play for in Week 18 finale against Washington. As far as the NFC is concerned, six of the seven playoff tickets have been punched. The Giants clinched by beating the Colts and are locked in at a number six seed regardless of what happens this Sunday, while the Buccaneers locked up in a middling NFC South with a second-half comeback versus the Panther. The only vacancy left to fill... Is the final wildcard spot, which three teams, Packers, Seahawks, and Lions, are vying for. That could impact the Cowboys depending on what happens in Week 18. As of this episode, it's unclear what seed Dallas will have. The good news is, mostly everything came up Cowboys this weekend, so McCarthy's squad faces three potential seeding scenarios entering the final week of the season. Let's break it down from least likely to most likely, shall we? Number one, Cowboys sneak their way to the number one seed. This is obviously the least likely scenario. Along with the Cowboys, the Eagles, and 49ers are in contention for the top seed. For Dallas to nab the coveted seed, and therefore, or thereby, a first round bye and home field advantage through the playoffs, they have to beat Washington and the Eagles and Niners to lose. That's a tall ask for the Cowboys. While Philly is reeling, they play a Giants team that has the luxury of being able to, rest, to rest its starters. Even if New York plays its studs, chances are Jalen Hurts is back under center for the Eagles. The 49ers losing is much more unlikely, as they'll play a depleted Cardinals team. 49ers opened it as 13.5 point favorites for the game. Nick Bosa and company need to beat Arizona and Philly to lose to claim the top speed, or seed, excuse me. The, Eagle, the Eagles, meanwhile, get the number one seed if they simply beat the Giants, or the Cowboys and 49ers both lose their finales. That's the unquestioned easiest path of the three. Suppose that's the benefit of starting the year 13-1, right? So at number two, Cowboys swipe the number two seed from 49ers. In order for Dallas to nab the number two seed, they need to handle business against Washington. The Eagles to lose the 49ers to win. In this scenario, the Cowboys win the division and host a game on wildcard weekend. The kicker, though, is they'd play one of the Packers, Seahawks, or Lions. Here's what each of those squads needs to earn the final wildcard berth. Packers beat the Lions at home. That's it. Lions beat Green Bay on the road, plus Seattle to lose a tie versus the Rams. They can also sneak in if they tie against the Packers and the Seahawks lose to Baker Mayfield and the Rams. Seahawks 
defeat the Rams and the Lions to beat or tie the Packers. Very complicated stuff. Speaking of which, either one of the Vikings, Eagles, and 49ers could end up as the number two seed in addition to Dallas. The Vikings will see it through if they beat the Bears and the 49ers lose. Whatever happens between the Cowboys and Eagles does not impact Minnesota's quest for the number two seed. They can't get the number one seed. The Eagles will get the number two seed if they lose to New York and the Cowboys lose to Washington and the 49ers beat the Cardinals. Finally, the 49ers have the second seed if they win, the Eagles win, or if all three of 49ers, Eagles, and Minnesota loses. And finally, Cowboys get the number five seed and play the Buccaneers. The Cowboys currently hold the number five seed, and it'd be pretty surprising if it didn't stay that way through week 18. In order for this to happen, the Eagles simply win against the Giants at home, or the Eagles and Cowboys lose. In this scenario, Dallas would travel to Tampa Bay for a first round matchup against the Buccaneers, who are locked into the number four seed as the NFC South champs. This would mark a rematch of the first game of the year where Tampa beat the Cowboys 19-3 and injured Dak Prescott along the way. There's been widespread debate amongst Cowboys analysts in terms of who they'd rather Dallas play in round one, Brady and the Bucks team that can't get out of its own way, or a surging Panther squad whose physical running game could potentially cause headaches for Dan Quinn's out-of-form defense. In a perfect world, you don't play the greatest quarterback of all time on the road on wildcard weekend. But if there was ever a time to get Brady, it's now. Their offensive line is ravaged by injuries, the defense isn't what it once was, and Todd Bowles is a serious decline at head coach relative to Bruce Arians. The offense, meanwhile, has scored more than 20 points just six times this season. The Cowboys netting the number one seed would be the best case scenario, but the path to a Super Bowl isn't going to be easy regardless, and beating the GOAT on the road in the first round would be quite the confidence builder. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below on the topics we covered. And if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. Your support helps the channel grow and hopefully you'll be able to take this show on the road as well as hire new hosts and be able to pay them and create even more content. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lees. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.